it's it's really sad and kind of disgusting, but I just think because of my sense of humor about it is why I enjoy it. Those are the best stories that we like to tell on Pickles and Vodka. Yeah. <laughs> sad and a little disgusting. Since you picked the topic today, do you want to do the intro? Um, but... You know what you say. You, you have a standard. I do, but I don't even stick to it half the time. Like, okay, I can't I, even remember it most of the time. I, I could try and wing it. Um, he- hello, all you lovely people out there. Hello. <laughs> My name is Lauren. And I'm Christina. And this is Pickles and Vodka, where I know that imperfect people have imperfect conversations, though I don't remember what else we do. <laughs> Well, we do have imperfect conversations, sometimes about mental health, sometimes about poop. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes about both. (laughs) Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) You did good. You did good for me springing it on you. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. So this is a week where I get to choose a topic. It's my first one. I am so excited. <laughs> I, I feel like I've been in the driver's seat for so long. This is just like the equivalent of me putting my feet up on the dashboard and smoking a cigarette, even though I don't smoke cigarettes. It's cooler than vaping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm excited to see what you have in store. Taking a pull on the vape. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Existentially vaping, always. Well, I'm glad that you are nice and comfortable because I am suddenly a mess because I feel like I just got like, oh, you're leading the thing. I'm like, I am? <laughs> so, I mean, it's not a big deal. So my stomach is just suddenly like, well, <laughs> it's okay. That's how I was every single time for four years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always nervous. So, so it'll only take me four years and then I'll be good at this. Yeah, that's the trial period. <laughs> Did I Sweet. not tell you? <laughs> yeah. So I guess I should at least let you know the topic before we start going wait, on tangents. Wait, I think we oh. should tell the people, the people, <laughs> we need to tell the people how we're doing. Oh, we do? I guess. I mean. No, that's good. I just want to brag on my new office. Oh, of course, of course. Because I'm in my new place that I moved into last week, which we talked about. But I finally mm-hmm. have my office set up and it is so nice. I have my own desk. And my like hard drive is plugged in where you can't see it. It's actually cute because normally I have a million wires coming from all directions when we record these and I'm just Ugh, a I mess. <laughs> so it's nice to have like a permanent recording location. Yeah, that is always kind of my dream, but I never take enough time to set it up to have like all my wires zip tied and out of the way. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's hard to do. Well, for me, I was in a studio before and so I had to be able to just pick up and go. I, I would often mm-hmm. record at my parents' house because the acoustics were better. So every week I would have to lug all my shit over to my parents' house. Yeah. And I am not in a studio, but I had to go with what I could get as far as a lot of furniture. So I have somebody's used table desk that was in the last place that they didn't want to take, which I can understand why, because it's tiny and a piece of junk. Aww. So, <laughs> so Those I are kind of have... fun to uh, restore, though. I just spray painted a bunch of furniture on my fire escape before doing this. So I have little flecks of black paint all over my fingers. Ooh, okay. Well, that's a neat idea. But when I move, I do want a bigger surface for this. Oh, yeah. This will get repurposed for who knows what. When are you moving? November? <laughs> yeah, should be November 1st. Better be. <laughs> and I'll see you at the end of December, hopefully. I know. You will get to see the new place. Yes. So you have one month to set up your recording space, or I can help you. Okay. 
I'm That's really good. good at decorating and, and shit. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, how are you doing this week besides stressed that you're running the show? Oh, this week has been rough and I don't really know why. I just I have not been in it for the week. You said that, if not last episode, the episode before that. I know you were having problems sleeping and... I'm still having problems sleeping now, but that's because Meatball is at, like, the new baby stage, so... Oh, yeah, you're not going to get much sleep for a few months. <laughs> yeah, so I sleep for a couple hours, and then I hear... Is he at the stage where he bites your ankles? Um, he bites the side of my hand. Oh, <laughs> even spicier. Well, because he is... He's already somewhat acting like a real cat because he does like to jump in my lap and just, oh. you know, sit there while I pet him. But then I do that for a little bit and he decides, all right, now I want to bite this hand that's petting me. <laughs> Welcome to cats. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Neither of my cats uh, let me pet them in my lap for very long. Yeah, he, he doesn't until he starts biting me, but maybe at some point he'll be done biting. <laughs> he can't be a spicy meatball forever. No, and he is very snuggly. Because, like, if he's ready to, you know, like, chill out, then he jumps up and he likes to be next to me and he likes to lay his head on my arm or my leg or my side. So he wants to use me as a pillow already. It's really cute. Oh, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to pet him and smoosh his little face. <laughs> and Pico, too, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because last week, uh, obviously, we talked about burnout. Great episode. Go listen mm -hmm. if you haven't already. Yep. One of our faves. But since making that episode, I've been more burnt out than ever. Like, this past week has been terrible for burnout. Oh, I am right there with you. I what was, is like, that? Did we jinx ourselves? I don't know. Cause I, or was I more aware? Because we talked about it so much. <laughs> Probably the latter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every day I've just been coming home really, really depressed. And I, I try things like going on a walk, watching a TV show, eating a ton of snacks. Speaking of which... Eating disorder tangent. <laughs> oh boy. Last night, I found myself like eating tortillas out of the bag like I used to do when I was binging and purging. And I, uh -huh. I like knew what I was doing and I, I wasn't doing it with the intention of purging, but mm -hmm. I still recognized that I was doing it. And in the moment I was like, okay, this is happening. I quote unquote need this right now because like I'm not on meds I don't have therapy I'm trying to be sober and reduce my substance use altogether mm -hmm. uh, except for vaping of course I'm not ready to give right. that up no. um but I was like <laughs> I just accepted it I was like all right I'm gonna eat these fucking tortillas and I'm probably gonna feel a little bit shitty about myself but I'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be fine and that's what happened uh, I still feel shitty about it but I thought I would tell you because it's kind of funny no that's awesome um I actually had kind of a win like that, too, uh, oh a week God. or so ago, or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Tell me. Um, tell us. <laughs> so <laughs> so I had one night, yeah, and it was on a weekend, so, you know, it didn't matter if I went to sleep right away, And but I was just, like, feeling like shit, but not ready to go to bed yet. You know, I could tell I was way too awake, and I just got it in my mind, like, I don't know, I, I just wanted, yeah, that feeling of, like, I just want to be sticking something in my mouth, and, nope. yeah, I... I had dinner, but you know what? Sometimes that's company to me. Yeah. And so I just, on spur of the moment, went and did something, yeah, that I used to do a lot in worse times was just, like, randomly order from a pizza place. Yes. And so I did that and, you know, ate probably, like, half of it that night, in which I did not need to do because Everyone I, does it. Yeah, I'm like, because I'd already was fine for the day, but I was very impressed that the next two nights, you know, I looked in and was like, 
I have about leftovers for two more dinners. And the next two nights, I just sat down and did that. I was like, holy shit. I did Isn't not it, just. Yeah. It's so crazy when you're able to space food out like that. If you're used uh-huh. to just eating everything in your house every night. Yeah, they're, they're, well, it's. I mean, yeah, for me, it's, it's certain things. And that would be a thing that I'm just like, well, if it's there, I just have to get it out of the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm so proud of you. I know what a Aww. huge win that is. Uh, and for people listening who don't have an eating disorder, like, it's like a superpower when you're able to do that. It really yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, when, when I realized at the end of the second night, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did it like a normal person. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, also, so... what's your favorite kind of pizza? Um, I don't believe in pizza without mushrooms. I thought you were going to say, I don't believe in pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually don't believe it exists. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, mushrooms, no, mushrooms are great, though. Yeah, that's, that's been my all-time favorite pizza topping. And then it depends what they have. Like, I'll put spinach or basil, or if they have fresh tomatoes, I like that. Yes. Being a vegetarian, you know, a lot of things are off limits. <laughs> what do you think about olives? I like olives. Um, the only thing that I sometimes, like, gives me a roadblock uh, as far as pizza is that I feel like mushrooms are pretty salty, and they are my must, and olives are really salty. See, I'm a sodium slut, so ah. <laughs> I I love all the salt. Like I would lick a salt lick if you put it in front of me. Like, I, <laughs> but you're yeah, you're being responsible. It's really probably just that I never was a big salt fan. I mean, when I was a kid, it was like you could offer me a potato chip, and I'm just like, that's just like a sad cookie. <laughs> why, why is it salty and not sweet? Oh, see, this is where we diverge because I, I love salty things, but sweet stuff are good too. I like yeah. I like it all, which has been the problem. I, the I think I'm balancing out more. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Now I want pizza. I, I had pizza like every day when we moved in here. So I'm currently like, oh, yeah. I was starting to easy. get a little bit tired of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I'm, I'm wondering if anyone's put pickles on pizza. Um, yes, that it's, has actually been. Oh, 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 this. Okay. <laughs> Did I break your mind? Yes, because I was just going to say something and I was like, oh, wait, but it could lead into my topic. But then I can't say what I was going to say because I'll make my topic obvious. Well, do you want to just say what your topic is <laughs> so, now? So, yeah, let's let's go. <laughs> You're driving. Yes. So my topic is co-workers. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about co-workers. What do you tell them as far as your mental health? What... Do you experience, because I know a lot of people throw terms around like, oh, I'm feeling bipolar today, but don't know Ooh, what that means. Just yeah. anything about coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's such a good one. <laughs> I've had so many experiences with, well, so, okay. So I, nowadays, I tend to tell coworkers everything because I have mm-hmm. no shame, but that <laughs> can often backfire. Uh, yeah. And in the past, of course, I didn't say anything, but people knew something was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots to talk about there. Uh, where do you want to begin? Oh, What's your experience? Yeah. Um, so I generally do not tell anything. And I am just like overall very private about all of that kind of stuff. And I do feel like that is like as I've become able to be more open about it then I do feel like that is still my main fear is I'm just kind of like, what if this backfires on me? So yeah, that is definitely my first question. (laughs) So disclaimer before we start, I guess we should tell people that you do need to be cautious and be smart about it. Like different companies 
might have different policies and not all companies are as open. Mm-hmm. What about and, HR? And that's what I was thinking is both of us have worked in all sorts of different work environments. Yeah, like I spent seven years in the service industry. And, yes. uh, and then now I work Same. in an <laughs> office and it's very, very, very different. Yes, <laughs> because I feel like, yeah, something like a service type job is not going to have as much. I mean, they're probably not going to have an HR department and things like that that make you feel like, okay, I'm protected. You're just kind of thrown to the wolves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's funny because when I worked at Starbucks, uh, we did have HR because it's a giant ass company. Yeah, Starbucks and, seems to be the one that has all that crap. <laughs> yeah, but then at my office job now, we're, it's a small company, so we don't really have an HR department. Oh, that's similar to mine. Yep. Oh my God. So I don't know why I'm, I'm trying to think of questions because you're running the show. <laughs> I just don't know where to begin because there's so much to talk about. I know. I have I have so many like anecdotes and things I know will come up, but I don't know which one, what, what thing to start with. Yeah, let's go with like, what do you feel about when coworkers say things that don't know your story and are obviously clueless and just making comments that make you uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my God, I have a story for that. <laughs> so I was working in Seattle at this catering company. It was a really big company. Like we did events for Microsoft and Hulu and places like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and I was doing marketing for them. So it was an office job. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. at the events serving, but I was like making materials for all the events and stuff. And uh, I worked in an office with this guy in his 40s, like super nice guy. We both had lived in DC at one point and we were both into live music. And so we would talk about our favorite venues and stuff like that. Um, But at the time I was extremely bulimic, probably like at my sickest. And I was like significantly lighter than I am now. Mm -hmm. And he would make comments all the time about my body and um they didn't know i I mean i don't think they knew i had an eating disorder but it was pretty obvious when i think about it because i never ate at the office or when i did i would either yeah (laughs) that was actually when i started telling people that i was vegan oh so i i am mostly vegetarian now i try not to put like rules on it because i know Mm -hmm. that's detrimental to my mental health and my recovery yeah um but back then i was like okay they make these amazing gourmet meals for the staff at lunch every day but it's all like stuff that i didn't consider safe at the time so i was like oh i'll just tell people i'm vegan then i won't have to eat it and then they started making me like special vegan meals (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah they were super sweet but yeah it, it was probably really obvious to everyone um but he would make these comments about my body and it made me really uncomfortable. And I eventually just told him, Hey, can you not talk about my body? Because it makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was pretty receptive. Oh, well, that's good. I guess. And then of course, like a year later I had to tell them because I needed to go to treatment and yeah. that was hard. But th- I mean, it was this kind of the same thing when I worked at Starbucks and had to leave to go to rehab for alcohol. Like, no one was mm-hmm. surprised when I told them. They were very supportive. Like, take as much time as you need. And I'm really lucky in that regard because I know not everyone has that kind of support at work. 
Yeah, so I, I will get into this with my story too, but you said, you know, like you kind of have to tell them if you like go to treatment or something. That's the thing, <laughs> like eventually it'll get bad enough or, you know, it might get bad enough mm-hmm. where you have to do something drastic and it becomes yeah. impossible not to tell people. But the funny thing is with my like super private self, I did everything I could. So when you said like you have to, I was kind of like, you actually don't have to tell them. I mean, you have to tell them you're leaving. Right. But that's kind of what I did the first time. I mean, that's the thing. You don't have to give people a reason why. We need to make that very clear. You don't owe anyone a reason. I decided to tell people because that's what Mm -hmm. I wanted, but you don't have to. And in some cases, it might be better not to. Yeah, like I, the first time I had to leave, I successfully did that. And then since it was such a mess that I ended up like back in treatment, you know, like six to eight months later, I just... I didn't necessarily have to, but at that point I felt like I don't want to look flaky. So I felt like I should tell them so they at least know like this is legit. I'm not just <laughs> taking off. Or... <laughs> so this is the first time ever you're having this conversation with anyone. You had already decided to go to treatment and you were just kind of breaking the news. Yeah. And, and I only told, um, I only told my direct supervisor. I'm just trying to paint a picture. So tell, tell me how that conversation went. Well, actually, let me start because I I will go through the same kind of thing as you because this is the place where I worked where I felt like I got some of the worst things as far as people making comments and things like that, that just well-meaning on their side or at least innocuous. And I was just like, oh, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So this one is one of my absolute favorite stories. I may have told it to you before because I enjoy it so much. And I mean... It's, it's really sad and kind of disgusting, but I just think because of my sense of humor about it is why I enjoy it. Those are the best stories that we like to tell on Pickles and Vodka. Yeah. <laughs> sad and a little disgusting. Yeah. So, so I worked at this, um, this office in Chicago, and I think especially because they had recently moved their office to downtown Chicago. They'd been in the suburbs, so I think that's a main reason why there was a lot of like middle-aged women and, you know, women that were like had been housewives and their kids left so they got this job and you know just kind of concerned with all the sort of things you expect those women to be concerned with so a big thing is is dieting yeah literally took the words out of my mouth diet culture is so prevalent prevalent (laughs) it's so prevalent (laughs) in offices oh my god and so there was one woman in in particular and i could tell you know like she just held me as like the pinnacle of the perfect body to her, you know, and she'd make a few just kind of like general comments sometimes like, oh, you know, I wish I had your whatever yeah. legs, arms, stomach, blah, blah, blah. And um, so one time we're both in the bathroom washing our hands and she just suddenly, I don't know, just practically like breaks down and she just looks at me and she's like, Tell me what I have to do. Do I have to starve myself for days? Do I have to work out until I drop? How do I do it? <laughs> and I just was so, so tempted to turn around and be like, well, that's a good start. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with my mouth open because it sucks, but it's so familiar. I know because she's like clearly just like thinks she's exaggerating. And I'm like, yeah, that's about what I'm doing. <laughs> You're right. Oh that would do God. it. <laughs> Uh, you have way more self-control than I would do. Cause I would I would probably make a joke about it and laugh nervously and like hide myself in a stall and hope she doesn't come back. <laughs> also, not to say that, 
Like, our eating disorders did cause us to lose weight, but not all our eating disorders are like that, obviously. Like, we're right. coming from a very uh, narrow point of, like, people who are looking at us and they're like, oh, you look like you're in shape. Like, what do you do? But that's not true for everyone. I just wanted to acknowledge that. No. And also, I would say the times when I went to treatment, what I found that was strange to me is I would actually have the most problems physically and my body's doing the most like screwy stuff when I was weight restored. Oh yeah, me too. I was at my sickest when I was like, so, it's like once know. I got up to, yeah, like kind of an average weight, then suddenly it's like my body's just going to be like, oh, we're going to throw your heart rate down to the thirties. Dude. Yeah. It's so <laughs> fucked up because like when I was at my sickest, I looked normal and I was eating more food than I had in my life. Like mm-hmm. the people that make those kind of comments, I wanted to say like, oh, well I go home and I eat like enough for a family of five every night and I'm spending thousands on delivery per month. Right. <laughs> um, and my plumbing isn't in the toilet. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, oh, yeah, Your it's not. Is in the plumbing. My to- <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, people just don't know. You, that's the thing. You don't know what someone is going through until they tell you. So don't assume things because it can yeah. be very uncomfortable. And I'm so sorry you had to have that conversation. How did you respond? I think I just kind of gave her a look. I don't know. I didn't say very much. I maybe, yeah, just kind of like, <laughs> and walked out of the bathroom. Oh my God. But yeah, I'm thinking like, I don't want to say to like police people because yes, it's annoying, but I don't want to say like, you can't talk about your diet at work because someone might be offended. Yeah. I just feel like you said, like, don't make assumptions about someone else. Correct. You can talk about yourself, and if someone's bothered, they should know to um, how to take care of themselves and remove themselves from the situation. But- and like, mental health is such a hard thing to talk about at work because you do have to make sure you're not liable, you yeah. know, <laughs> and you don't want to make people uncomfortable. Like you just never know how it's going to play out, and like you don't want to lose your job or even you know at the least make things uncomfortable at the place where you have to go every single day. Oh, yeah. So another one of those women there that was kind of, yeah, obsessed with me. (laughs) Everyone's just so obsessed with me. I don't know why. Uh, I know. (laughs) It's it's the burden I bear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) But so um, in this, I think I maybe hadn't been there very long, either that or else I was just like thrown into catatonia by what happened. (laughs) But um I remember I was at the copier and I was doing something and she comes up to me and she's like, oh my gosh, when you turn around to the side, you practically disappear. And as she did that, she took her thumb and forefinger and pinched me around the side. Dude. And I remember, I don't think I even said anything. I I don't think I knew what I could say. I don't think I could move. And that's the thing. Like when that, when I did say something to that dude, That was the last straw, but there had been many other incidents, such as the one you just described, where he would, like, Mm -hmm. pinch my arm or stuff. And that also veers into other inappropriate stuff that is just icky and that no one wants to have happen to them, but it happens. And, like, how do you deal with it? Yeah. Not to dismiss you, but I feel, you know, like, I would not like somebody to pinch my arm, but 
that spot on the side, I mean, that was equivalent to me to someone like slapping your butt. It was yeah. like, that's, that's a really vulnerable that's place. That's what I'm saying. It's shitty. <laughs> yeah. And I only, I thought of it later, and this is what I would suggest anyone do, is if you do have an HR department like I did there, I realized I should have actually gone to them and said, this is an incident of harassment. Yes, yeah, it totally is. It is unwelcome touching. And just because it was a woman doing it and thinking she's complimenting me, it was not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> but also, like, yes, you should go to HR if something like that happens. But I also recognize, like, a lot of people might feel like there would be repercussions if they did that. Yeah, I would hope that you have a good HR department that knows, you know, like, a first offense like that, you don't turn around and fire the person or <laughs> publicly shame them or anything. It's just, it might even just be like they, they watch out for it. They don't necessarily say anything at the first time. Yeah. Or if you don't have an HR department, find a trusted coworker maybe, or even if you don't have anyone you trust at that place, like a friend who has maybe been through something similar who can advise you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you should plan what you're going to do. I don't know. I have less experience in this than you do. I do have a lot. Do you have anything like, because I have had a few times. Ooh. It was a motorcycle. I just drove Okay. <laughs> I'm right off a busy street and the windows, like the blinds are open so I can see everyone who walks by. I, I thought a demon just joined our podcast. Oh no, he's sleeping. It just, it just sounded on my head like, whoa. <laughs> uh, okay. Staying focused though. Um, yes. Was that the first time that you, well, did you say something about her to her or just anyone else? Like, how I did didn't. you handle that? Like, like I said, that one, I think I was just like frozen into oblivion and I wished later that I was just kind of like, I should have said something. That's really not right. <laughs> it's not. And you don't want to excuse people like that, but you also don't want to beat yourself up for not doing, like, yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty. We were all young once or inexperienced or dealing with whatever. You yeah, just can't beat yourself up about stuff How many you people didn't are afraid to report things like that? I understand. So many. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually just got rid of a dude at my current job who was sexually harassing some of the women there. Uh, not me, but like other mm-hmm. women. And it was kind of traumatic for the parties involved. And like I was spoke, speaking with one of them and she, she did talk to me and some other women like first and she showed us the text and stuff and told us what was happening. And then we were like, okay, we need to tell the owner and all this stuff. And he's gone mm-hmm. now, which is good. Uh, I don't want to get into the details, obviously, but yeah. it was really taxing. And I wasn't even one of the affected people. Yeah. Like, that shit is no joke to go through. And I, I, obviously, something should be done about it. But I also understand if you're not in a place, like, if you're not mentally strong enough to deal with something like that mm-hmm. in the moment, that's valid, too. Yeah, because I had a similar situation like that, too. There was a guy that was just doing some really disgusting stuff with some of the women in the office, and it was not me, but like you said, at the same time, in between, like, before they got rid of him, then every time I'd, like, cross his path, I'd just feel like, ugh, because I'd heard their stories. Did you hear Fang? (laughs) Hello, Fang! (laughs) trying to get in. His paws are, like, under the door right now. I'm not going to do it, you know? Before we started recording, he was in the room with me. He was meowing to get out, and so I, like... Pitched him right out the door. Pitched him out. He lost his (laughs) chance. Maybe next week. (sighs) 
what's um your situation at work currently with like your coworkers? Like, do you like them? Yeah, and they're listening right now. You're like, they all suck. <laughs> No, that's actually something, because they are really good about stuff like that. I feel like they would be interested if I told them that I had a podcast, but they don't know anything, and it's a workspace where I haven't had to leave or do anything weird like that, so I'm just kind of like, I don't want them to hear all of my inner stuff just yet. Yeah, it's smart to have boundaries with that kind of yeah. stuff. It also is was kind of awkward for me and it's been fine because this girl is lovely but we hired um an office manager in april and she came from a tms site what is that trans transcranial magnetic stimulation i have no idea but i'm impressed i think that's well i know because i actually had a consult for it okay so (laughs) So that's something, like, if you have treatment-resistant depression, that's something that they suggest for it, and it is going to be less invasive than, you know, like, ECT or something like that, but it is kind of a step up if meds aren't cutting it. I'm very, my ears perked up when you said treatment-resistant depression. (laughs) No, I would suggest anyone who is feeling that to look up TMS. (laughs) So so if someone came to your job and they were uh, utilizing that treatment? No, she had worked there, and like I said, she had worked at a TMS clinic, and it was, they have locations all over this area, so probably not the exact same one, but I was like, I just went for a consultation two months ago to one of those clinics. Oh! Yeah, and I'm like, here comes this girl. I'm like, oh my god, this is awkward for me, and she has no idea why. That's kind of neat, though, that you right away, before even talking to her, know that she would at least be familiar with the terminology and stuff yeah and like i said i don't remember seeing her there so i don't think we cross paths in any way but it is really cool because we are trying to completely redo our handbook because it probably hasn't been updated since like 1987 it's really pathetic and so with that and just in our in our meetings where we talk about things to make it better i know something that she brought up as she said some offices um you know, have like a holiday that's not a specific holiday and they just call it, you know, a mental health day. And, you know, she suggested that. And I was like, of course she did because she's been in that world and she understands. So that's really cool. I wish we had more people like that in the workspace Mm -hmm. in general. (laughs) Oh, what about remote workplaces? Yeah. What are you thinking? That comes with its own set of mental health challenges. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Because on one hand, you're not talking to people or seeing people in person you are in the comfort of your own home like it could be beneficial for someone who struggles with their mental health but on the flip side of that it can also be detrimental because you're isolated you're not talking to people or getting out of the house Uh, for me when I first moved to Virginia I had a remote job it didn't last very long but Mm -hmm. it was hard for me and I would like you know, clock off work and immediately just start like binging and purging. Sometimes I would start while I was working, like full disclosure. This (laughs) was a a year, over a year ago at this point. I'm in a much better space now. And I think I could have a remote job again. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was really hard for me. And I truly felt helpless because it's like I barely talk to these people. And when I do, it's on a computer screen. How am I supposed to know who to talk to if I did need help? Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, I related to that because I know when I had to do a lot more um, working from home than 
I got to the point where, <laughs> where like you said, I, for me, it would be like, okay, well, I clock out at 4.30, so I can pour my first glass of wine at 3.30. It's not going to have time to affect me before I'm done working. Oh, my God. <laughs> that yeah. See, that is a slippery slope. You really uh-huh. need discipline. And uh-huh. so many people right now are working remotely because, you know, we're two years into a pandemic. It's just become the norm. And in some ways, it's an improvement on the system that we had. Mm-hmm. But also, it does carry a lot of unique challenges. Yeah, and I think that the recent situation we've been in is even more difficult because I had a job where you could work one or two days from home each week, but this is back when I first moved to Chicago. This is like 2008 through 2010, and more recently, people are working from home, and also, we were all encouraged, like, don't leave your house. Yeah. I so on the that. days you, you're you're at home, then it was just kind of like, and you will see and talk to nobody today, not even the person at the gas station. Because yeah. You, yeah. Well, yeah, they don't want you leaving and like fucking off of work. That oh, I I really part of me loves that more jobs are remote, but also like going back to the coworker topic. You don't really have coworkers in the traditional sense, and then right. you have all the like in some cases you have the monitoring that goes along with a remote job that can be really like I have anxiety and it's like worrying about oh are they watching my monitor right now are they tracking Mm -hmm. like how many times I move the mouse like mouse jigglers are a thing do you know what that is I think I've heard of it it's a device that you can purchase and uh, I don't know if it plugs into your computer or what I haven't looked into it seriously (laughs) but every now and then you can select like the increment of time and it will jiggle your mouse to make it look like you're working it's so messed up that we even have to like have stuff like that or that people resort to stuff like that and interesting enough that could kind of go back to last week's topic I mean, I bet people are trying to take that break some days because they're burnt out. (laughs) Yeah. What about, like, let's say your job doesn't have mental health days. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had to take some plain old sick days for mental health. Yes, that was something that I wanted to hit on, too. So, yeah, talk about that. I mean, I'm the kind of person, like, my parents raised us all to have really strong work ethics, but also we tend not to slow down when we need to. Like, I'll push myself, push myself, push myself until I can't work anymore. And um, recently, I've realized it doesn't have to get to that extreme. Like, sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be just panicked for no reason, and I can't get out of bed. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced similar stuff Mm -hmm. with depression. (laughs) Uh, And so I have taken sick days for my mental health, and... Uh, I'm proud of myself for doing it. Still feel hella guilty about it. <laughs> I still hate it. I, I still yeah. feel like I'm a terrible person every time I do it. Um, sorry, there's another truck driving by. Another demon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and luckily, you know, I have some coworkers at my current job that understand what I'm going through and they're very supportive. Uh, and I don't take that for granted because not everyone has that. Exactly. And that was something that everybody at my work last year kind of agreed because we used to have vacation days and sick days and a certain amount of hours we called PTO time in case you need to like leave for an appointment and they're all in these different little buckets and we were just like we'd rather it all just be PTO and you use it for what you want yeah and so that helps me and I'm also still I'm still not very good at just calling in on the day that you just wake up and are like nope but I think I'm better at least at realizing like the path that I'm going down and saying okay 
I need to ask for a day off next week because I, I am going to fade fast. Yeah. I need that recharge coming up. That's like a whole new level when you start planning your mental health days. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you know you've, you've arrived. Yes. Um, I have a past episode called Take Your Sick Days Ooh, where I interviewed uh -huh. a coworker from Starbucks, actually. Her name's Kelly. Um, I forget which number it is, but it's a great episode where we talk about exactly this. Like, mm -hmm. Don't feel guilty about taking sick days for your mental health. I mean, it's easy to say that, but there are repercussions in some places. That's just the unfortunate reality, especially in America. It's just, mm -hmm. it just sucks. And it, it makes me really angry when I talk about it with anyone for extended periods of time because it feels like there's no solution. I know, because I know if I do take the day of off, then I still make up a reason yeah. Even though our idea was our PTO was supposed to be our PTO, but I still feel like I have to say, I usually exaggerate anything. Like if I wake up with a slight headache, then I'm like, oh my God, I have a terrible migraine. I don't think I can come in. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, I just don't see myself getting out of bed before 1 p.m. I want to go back to the substance thing. What you mm -hmm. talked about, like having wine before you're clocking off. And like, that is a, a scenario that is so relatable for so many people, whether yeah. it's alcohol or other things. When I was working at Starbucks, like I was a raging alcoholic and it didn't start out that way. Like Starbucks attracts a lot of amazing people. And mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends that I would go party with outside of work. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was working in a, a certain big city uh, in a certain, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was a college town. And so okay. there were bars everywhere. And so yeah. like... We would get beers at lunch or like, you know, have mm -hmm. beers while we're cleaning the store after closing, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. That when I say it now, it's like, holy shit, that is so wrong. But yeah. so many people do it. And that's just alcohol. Else is doing it, then. <laughs> yeah, I know there's some service industries where it's like harder drugs and, and also the yeah. drug itself shouldn't matter. Like, no, but... it is indicative of a mental health issue in some cases and for me it just kept spiraling out of control and it became like the excuse like the alcohol was never the problem for me it was like indicative of other mental health issues that I was using alcohol to cope with right and um the way I handled it at work was playing it off as oh I just like to have fun and party I'm not a normal supervisor I'm a cool supervisor <laughs> and so when I finally did have to take time off to go to rehab I was really deeply ashamed of telling people. But the fact is, you can't hide that kind of thing forever. And a lot of people already had an idea. Mm -hmm. And I just received such an outpouring of support. And a few people came up to me and told me like they had dealt with similar things. And my manager didn't ask any questions. She was like, yeah, just, you know, call this number to deal with insurance. And like, I hope, I hope everything goes well. Just let me know when you're ready to come back. That's the best case scenario. Yes, that is great. <laughs> it was great. And, you know, that was the beginning of my journey towards better mental health that would take years to get to the point where I am now, which is like I'm still struggling, but I have more boundaries at work now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where I was going with that, really. I don't know how this works for substance abuse, if it's considerably easier once you have like a certain amount of days clean. And so you just have your set days that you expect. But... I know as far as eating disorder treatment, it seems like nobody gets enough and it's usually like insurance and things like that. But also I do feel like when I had to leave, 
then I feel like work is immediately just like, okay, but when can you come back? Yeah. Like that's like when I'm saying I have to leave, that's the first thing they're focusing on is how soon can we get you back? Yeah. And at least <laughs> with like substance abuse, sometimes there's a set time like 28 days or whatever but Mm -hmm. with eating disorder treatment or like other mental health treatments it's not that clear cut and you're unable Mm -hmm. to answer that question so like what the fuck do you tell people yeah (laughs) what what did you tell people um i just had to tell them like you know i'm i'm still in it (laughs) i mean i I'm still here. I can't come back to work because I'm not there. Yeah, what are they going to do? Right. Yeah. But it was really tough, especially I felt like, I feel like that was kind of some of my obvious downfall is like once I got out, then insurance immediately reports to your work that it's kind of like, okay, she's no longer receiving this treatment and work says, great, so you should be in tomorrow. And yeah. <laughs> it would just be kind of like, okay, so I just pushed myself right back into the situation that got me in this mess in the first place. Yep. In, <laughs> in some cases, like, I hate to say it, but maybe, like, you should try to find another job. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people did that. Didn't you do that? I did. did you just kind of say, nope. <laughs> I did. I went to treatment. My boss actually drove me. It was so awkward. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Um, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> but um, I did have to make that phone call from treatment telling them that I wasn't going to be coming back, that I was moving to Virginia and peace out. Uh, and I'm still kind of dealing with the repercussions for that, uh, which, you know, I don't want to talk about right now, but it was really hard to do. And again, I'm lucky that my coworkers understood and, you know, they were just like, good luck. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not going to be like that for everybody. And sometimes, like, financially, you don't have that option. Like Exactly. <laughs> I was on unemployment because, you know, COVID, stimulus check, all that stuff. I, I was mm-hmm. doing okay, but, like, there's still some financial repercussions that I'm still dealing with that affect me every day. And it sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. When you are an adult in this situation, usually... You have to find a way to pay for whatever your insurance doesn't cover. And at the same time, you are not living in this apartment, but you have to still pay for it. Exactly. Everyone (laughs) also go listen to Lauren's first episode, 44, where she talks about that whole process. It's very relatable. Also, we just got back to insurance instead of coworkers. Where is my tangent horn? <laughs> I, I that, that's all on you. <laughs> well, I'll tangent. have a, I'll have a truck drive by every time we go on a tangent, so we're forced to stop. Okay. I love. I kind of love the tangents. I'm no, not I do. Lie. I do too. That's why. Oh, so I have I a question that'll bring us back. What yeah. do you do if you're not the coworker that's struggling? If it's another coworker struggling? And you notice it. Have you ever had that happen to you? That's what I'm trying to think. Like, have I really been in that situation? I mean, I was a supervisor at Starbucks. And so people, like, I had to, you know, make sure everyone showed up for their shifts. And, like, if they had an issue where they weren't able to come, like, if the manager wasn't available, I had to deal with it. And Mm -hmm. it's hard because these are people that I work with every day. I love them. Like, I boundaries existed in some cases but in other cases like they didn't and I had to learn how to place those boundaries and be a good supervisor but also know that that's a human being that's going through stuff that I might not understand and I have to give them grace but also not getting all walked over because people do 
people do sometimes use mental health stuff to mm-hmm. like it's a very slippery slope because I don't want to blame people. No. I mean, everyone has a different feeling of what is above their threshold that they can handle. Mm-hmm. But it oh. does seem like some people, yeah, they set it very low and just like tell themselves like, I'm being good to myself. I, yeah, can't take this today. I had a dude punch a wall in my back room once. <gasps> well, I also had someone arrested while I was <laughs> supervising them. That's a different story. But this kid... Um, had a lot of unresolved issues and we'd spoken about it kind of, but he wasn't a close friend. He was someone who like kind of tried buttering me up and I I talked about mental health constantly. And so people knew if they talked Mm -hmm. to me about like feeling anxious or depressed, I'd be like, oh my God, go home. Of course. But he, he just took it too far. And then one day he just got really angry at work. He hated being there and he went in the back room to do some dishes or whatever and he punched a wall and I had to send him home and my manager was on vacation. I couldn't reach her. So basically I I, later that week I called him and I was like, hey, dude, don't come back. (laughs) And he hated it there. He had told me like he wanted to get out. But like that fucking sucked. I hate being in that position. And that's why like I don't know if I would ever want another supervisor position, at least not in my current mental state because... Like, that really sucked to do. And I, I I hope that he got the help he needed. But also, you can't come to work and punch a wall and, like, have people walk on eggshells around you. Right. Like, that's just not, that's not good. Yeah, that's I feel something. icky even talking about it. Oh. Like, <laughs> uh, but I agree. That's, like, a reason, like, I would be afraid to be a supervisor when I think of that stuff. Like, oh, my gosh, you have to fire people. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any favorite coworkers over the years that stick out to you? Like someone that made a difference or was just like an example of someone who uh, has healthy boundaries and like is good to talk to you about this kind of stuff? Oh, I don't know because I can't think of really coworkers that I talked to. I mean, I've had some like coworkers that have helped me without knowing it <laughs> Oh, just by being there. Maybe talk about that stuff because maybe people can get ideas um, of like yes. how to treat people, like how to treat coworkers in the workplace, uh, coworkers in the workplace. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Versus your coworkers on the street. <laughs> like coworkers. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a different kind of coworker, actually. Your coworkers on the street. Oh my God. Moving on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm done talking now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so I had one in, in the place where everybody was terrible to me that I worked at, the office I had all my stories from. <laughs> then I did have um, one who was was probably a good, like, 20 years older than me. And she had grown up in south side of Chicago and, you know, then lived in suburbs for a while and, you know, lived in that area all her life and had the stories to go along with it. So she kind of dubbed herself at some point my Chicago mom. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Which, yeah, is, is always fun. I don't know. She was just somebody that I felt like I could really vent to. And I felt like that helped with things like when I might be on the verge of having some sort of anger issue like that guy or yeah. like heavy anxiety. Like, oh, she was great for that. She has no idea. But, you know, I have so much anxiety around things, you know, like talking to certain people about things. I hate talking on the phone, period. Same. And, and look and, at us now. Yeah. <laughs> and she has no trouble with that. And just like, it came so natural that I hardly even had to suggest anything. I could just kind of point her in the 
the right direction, I felt like. And she'd just be like, oh, okay, I'll give him a call and I'll, I'll handle that and figure out what we're doing. I'm like, thank you. Oh my God, bless <laughs> her soul. I have a coworker like that too. She's just like a real advocate. Like if she hears something not cool going on, she'll be like, oh, we got to talk to someone about that. And like a mover and a shaker, if you will. Um, people like that are great. Yeah. Oh, I do have another coworker, and this will be good because I kind of had another work horror story that I wanted to <gasps> tell because it's so crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, I will call this place out. I don't care. I was temping for Groupon for a while. Oh my God. You're the second person I know that has a horror story from Groupon. Nice. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so, um, basically we had a lot of temps working in the accounting department for a while they kind of like whittled us down and when I was one of the last ones I felt like I should get a rose because I stuck it out Uh. but but, um the supervisors I felt like were a lot of girls in their late 20s that you know were clearly just like six years or so out of being president of their sorority and still kind of felt like they all were I know the type yep (laughs) and our setup was a room full of, I mean, there was probably like eight to 10 rows of just like banquet tables with computers on them and chairs in front of them. And you were just like row, row, row. (laughs) So the one behind me had no machines or workers set up and it kind of turned by default into our snack table. Oh, nice. And, you know, holidays, everyone would bring in stuff and they would go there. And usually, you know, it just kind of ended up like, during the rest of the time, if someone felt like, oh, I just like baked for fun, let me bring some into work. So there's that. And then this was a time when this, I think, was getting big popularity. All the, the little sorority girls and some other people decided to have a Biggest Loser competition. Stop. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like that episode of The Office where they all tried to lose weight. It's, it's worse than that, I think, because oh I remember God. I saw that one. <laughs> that is so beyond messed up for reasons that our listeners know. Like, you know why yeah, that's messed up. Yeah, absolutely. And that was actually, I think, one of the times where I felt glad that I was never really included because I was just a temp. So, you know, no one asked me to join or anything, and I'm like, phew. But the, the thing that just knocked me over with a feather is someone brought in a scale, and Stop. they would... They would go in an empty office and, you know, all weigh themselves once a week and see where they are. And one day they moved the scale so it was square in the middle in front of the snack table. This is like one of those (laughs) lifetime eating disorder movies that we ripped on a couple of episodes ago. Right. Holy shit. That is so toxic. Like the day I first saw that out there, I was just kind of like, how? This isn't real life, right? I've got to be dreaming. Oh my god, that is terrible. I would yeah. hope. I would hope now that I would be able to say something. I know. Like we're <laughs> we're like eating disorder veterans. Like we we would give them hell. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like I'd just go up and be like, "What the hell is this doing here?" I would just be like, "Um, I am in recovery." <laughs> And this upsets me. Or I'd just make fun of their thing. Like, I'd go up and I'd stand on it and I'd, like, take a cracker from the table and be like, oops, I gained half a pound. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, This is quickly (laughs) becoming triggering. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sorry, everybody. Uh, That is so fucked up. I know. Yeah. So, going on the coworker thing, I did have a coworker there. And it's really funny because when we started out, I hated her. 
and it took like a good two months to figure out that I had been trained not correctly. And so, you know, she was one of the permanent workers and they assigned for the temps like a permanent worker to kind of like check over their stuff. And she would annoy me so much because she would always come back to me and, you know, like a lot of things were wrong and she would be like, you have to be very careful when you enter this kind of stuff and things like that. And what we later found out is, yes, I'd been told the wrong thing. So I was doing correctly what I thought I was supposed to. Of course. And she's over, she's double checking this stuff. And because I'm under her, I'm, what I do reflects on her. So she's getting frustrated because it's all wrong. And like, Ugh, tale as old as time. Yeah. So it was kind of like once she actually said something and I realized, wait, that wasn't what I learned to do. And then she taught me the right way. And then we like became great friends. I love that. This yeah, kind of stuff she... can really like bond you with people. Mm-hmm. But I know like she was someone, you know, once we became friends and started hanging out outside of work that we had a lot of talks about depression and anxiety and how sometimes it's just really bad. (laughs) Sometimes it's just really bad. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, like it's, it's hard for a coworker. I feel like to understand that when you go in every day and are just like, I'm fine because you don't want to hear the story. Exactly. Someone that I could just be like, yeah, like, okay, I, haven't cleaned my apartment in like three months because I can't make myself do it. Oh my god my the two co-workers I'm thinking of now we're all we all have struggled with mental health slash are struggling and so it it can quickly become like a bitch fest of like how miserable we are but it's also kind of beautiful. (laughs) I think like rounding off this conversation I think if you can find someone that you work with that you can talk to about this stuff um, that's great. Once you do talk to them though like outside of work or whatever, it's, you can't go back. Yeah. So make that decision, uh, smartly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And then like find little ways maybe to start advocating for yourself at work with your coworkers. Absolutely. Like I'm now comfortable being like, Hey, I need to go vape for five minutes outside. Like I'm having a hard time and they just accept it and it's great. But like, it took me a while to get to that point and that's not a lot, but to me it's, it is, you know? Yeah. So if your coworkers put a scale in front of the snack table, then go pick it up and be like, you know where this belongs and toss it in the garbage. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Do it with a little flair. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, do you have anything else? regarding this topic that you wanted to talk about no i think i think we did a great job covering it i think think, i'm so proud of you yay this is so fun baby's first podcast everyone tell lauren um how she did (laughs) Uh, unless you're gonna say wow that was terrible (laughs) then please uh don't censor censor yourself you know be gentle um also if you have any tips about how to deal with Coworkers or HR, like stuff that we didn't cover because we don't have experience in. Uh, yeah, I agree. Us. I think a, I think a big thing that is really hard, like you said, is is advocating for yourself when you need to, or removing yourself from a situation when you need to. So anything you can speak about on that would be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, I wanted to introduce a new segment since you know I have to do something on this episode. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to introduce this segment called the pickle palette cleanser. 
I know we like talked about it a little bit, or at least I posted a ton about it on Trello. I don't know if you saw it. I might have missed it. <laughs> oh, okay. So basically, we d- we deal with a lot of heavy topics on this show, and I wanted to have like five or ten minutes at the end where we like play a game or do something stupid uh, and fun to, to kind of leave people with a, a like a yeah. positive note. And so for today's palate cleanser. I found this quiz on BuzzFeed Ooh. <laughs> that I wanted you to do because it's so funny. Okay, so it has nothing right. to do with mental health. It has nothing to do with the topic. Yep. It's gotcha. what kind of pickle are you? <laughs> <laughs> and to make it even better, the person who created this quiz, her username is Angry Lauren. <laughs> and her profile picture is a cat. Nice. Okay, so are you ready to find out what kind of pickle you I are? I am ready. I've always wondered. <laughs> okay first of all how would people describe you is it a wild b emotional c kind or d (laughs) funny i forgot what letter comes back uh wild emotional kind or funny how would people describe you definitely not emotional they would describe me as emotionless Uh, (laughs) wild i feel like i could get funny Funny? I think you're pretty funny. Yes. So you're going to go with funny? Kind of oddball. I think that makes people laugh. All right. Funny. All right. Pick a pet. Dog. Pico. Oh. (laughs) Calm down. Dog, cat, turtle, or no thanks. That's also like such a random, like dog and cat I get, but turtle? Turtle? And then turtle or nothing else. You're right. Turtles or nothing. Anyway. (laughs) Um, Pico, so a dog. Dog, okay. I was curious about... I don't like cats. Right. Uh, Where would you want to live? A, the countryside. B, mountains. C, beach. Or D, city. Oh. I I thought my answer was going to be city, but I got to say beach. All right, beach. (laughs) Bet. Uh, Pick a job. A, chef. B, author. C, musician, or D, lawyer. Again, you give me such hard things. <laughs> I'm not doing it. It's angry, Lauren. <laughs> well, Lauren is angry that she has to pick between author and musician now, because those are the two things I've always wanted to be. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, let's go musician. All right. I mean, you have been a musician. You are a musician. And I've enjoyed it. That's why. Yeah, I'm... it's a solid choice. All right. I failed at a- an author, so maybe that's... <laughs> I mean, you're still young. There's time. (laughs) Right. Uh, Pick a hobby. A, draw. B, read. C, party. Or D, shop. (laughs) Um, Read. (laughs) Cool. I think I would pick the same thing. Oh, this one's fun. Pick some food. (laughs) A, pizza. Yes! (laughs) I have not looked at these beforehand, by the way. Uh, B, sushi. C, pasta, or D, tacos? Um, I feel like such a cliche white girl when I have to say sushi. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were going to pick pizza. But yeah, sushi, I, I might pick the same thing. Oh, no, okay. I think my second choice would have been tacos because I've often claimed there is no better food than tacos. <laughs> I love tacos. Another reason why I miss living in Texas. Okay. Yes. Are okay. you ready to find out what kind of pickle you are? <gasps> yes. <laughs> you are a dill pickle. Sweet! <laughs> You're popular, and everyone loves to be around you. Aw. <laughs> that was it. If I was a sweet pickle, I was going to go throw myself into traffic. Oh, yeah. The worst <laughs> pickle to be is 
a bread and butter pickle, I think. Oh, I think sweet are worse. I could actually swallow a bread and butter pickle because they're less sweet. I'm not even going to go there. I'm, I'm going to be mature and not make a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would not enjoy it, but I could. Well, yeah, so that was it. What did Yay! you think of our first pickle palate cleanser? Literally <laughs> I mean, pickle themed. I loved it because I got what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would also like to be a dill pickle. I'm not going to take it right now, but I think our answers would be. Is there a pickle on there? I don't know. They don't tell Is me what the answers sure? are. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll take, take it, it later. later. Yeah, yeah, I'll post it in the stories or something. I also always say that I'll post something in the stories and I never do. I also feel like if I kind of ran the show that I should be the one to name the episode, which I thought of way too late because I should have like kept track of fun quotes that we had. Oh, don't worry. Uh, you'll, <laughs> I'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll okay. send you the file beforehand or something. You can absolutely name the episode. You have yeah. to. All right. You deserve it. <laughs> Um, okay. okay, before we leave, everyone, please don't forget to rate and review us. It makes us very happy, and we're anxious, so like we need all the validation we can get. Yeah, we are. And I also heard, which I forgot to mention in my rambling um, promotion, is <laughs> that's going to be a segment every week, too, of Lauren Ramble's promotion. <laughs> the rambling promotion. I love yes. it. Uh, supposedly, subscribing is a great thing, and... I say that should be easy if you enjoy us because I've subscribed and sa- also said like don't automatically download so it doesn't even need to get in the way if you don't want to just subscribe to say like they're cool. Yeah exactly I listen to podcasts on Spotify and it's super easy to follow a podcast and then whenever a new episode is released you get a little notification. Yeah. Yeah it's easy F- subscribe. Don't you and want don't more know- pickles and vodka in your yeah. life? Yeah and I don't know if reviews help in the same way but write one because I would like to read them. <laughs> and maybe we'll read it on the show. Ooh, yes. I did read a, a review from my mom on the show. That was the last review that I read. I saw that one because I checked to see if you had any reviews. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really terrible about keep, keep, keeping up with it. But yeah, send us a review. We'll read it on the show. Also, next week is a pickle pull episode. What does yes. that mean? We have a question that we put out that's mental health related and you can submit your answers and then we base a whole episode around it. We do it every other week. So this week's pickle poll is about regret. Uh, Lauren thought of it. It's so good. I already know that we're going to like talk for two hours about it. Uh, So the question is, how do you deal with regret in your life? And also, if you could do one single moment over, what would you choose? You don't have to answer both of them if you don't want to. Also, you can. Um, Just talk about regret. Yeah, just talk about regret. Don't you want to talk about regret? (laughs) I'm like (laughs) screaming now. Um, But yeah, if you want to answer it, you can do that a few different ways. You can go on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast and you can comment on the post. Uh, You can also go to anchor.fm slash pickles and vodka and click message to leave us as many one minute voicemails as you want. And we love those because we get to play them on the episode, and listen to our own voices less. <laughs> so fun to hear them on the episodes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, friends. It's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can... Give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, 
follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today, or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. Stay safe and have a good week. Bye.